0: Hello. Hola. 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 Que tol. Que tol. Hello.
1: We win. Welcome. Um welcome to Hungry Ghosts. And we're in Spain this week. Hola. We moved to Benidorm, baby. We're getting on that factor fifteen.
0: We're getting on the beach. We're getting How on, on ham egg and chips. Yeah.
1: We're getting on Pints speak English loudly. Like... <laughs> we're getting on obesity and sunburn and yeah. um you know just good good old fashioned British foreign yeah. living. <laughs> Uh, we're also on the sangria, we should say. Yes, um, absolutely. This is Cheers. Cheers. Salute. salute. Uh, salute. Um, we thought, well, you know, sangria is good fun, isn't it? You can't um, go to Spain without having sangria. Absolutely. That's
0: illegal. Yeah. Um, as a tourist.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we are, um, in fact, recording this on the day that Spain beat England in the Women's World Cup final. Yeah. Um, so I do feel like a dirty little traitor for drinking this.
0: Yeah, but. we didn't plan on... Uh, Spain winning the World Cup when we decided to do Spain as a the theme today but no. there you go there you go these things happen so congratulations to Spain congratulations commiserations to England, the, England. Lionesses. the Lionesses great effort can't win them all can't
1: win them all uh, anyway yes yeah, Spain so why Spain well we've um, well I've just been to Spain mm-hmm. it means the Basque country I've been a couple of times this year went to Andalusia yeah, me and Sasha went to Andalusia in last December, and then we were there for New Year. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been on a work trip to the Basque Country, Biscay mm. province. Not Bill, well, Bilbao is in Biscay, but flew straight into Bilbao, got straight out of there,
0: yeah. exploring the countryside. Lovely. Very nice. Yeah. Um, um, top. You've top and tailed Spain in the last yeah, eight months. Yeah, in,
1: in a mere eight months.
0: Yeah. Well, very good. I've also previously been to the Basque Country, so we'll talk a little bit about... Uh, the Basque Country today um, yeah. I was there in 2021 walking the Camino del Norte from San Sebastian to, to Bilbao which yeah. uh, is, is most of the Spanish Basque Country coast mm-hmm. um, and well if you were to ask someone from the Basque Country are they in Spain maybe they would uh, feel quite strongly negatively about oh that. yeah just a bit um, so
1: um, and you should, under no
0: circumstances,
1: as I discovered to my cost, describe pinchos as Basque tapas. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't take kindly to that kind of absolutely thing. Absolutely right? not. Um, yeah, I said to my um, my guide, like, would you feel more in common with a Bas- a French Basque person? He was like, than with a Spanish, someone in Madrid. Where he was yeah. like, absolutely,
0: yeah, hundred percent, totally.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Um, I actually saw a bit of the Camino del Norte as well. I didn't really walk any of it, but. I got taken to this church where, um, you may have even been there. Three massive rocks balanced on each other, like gravity-defying type.
0: Did was it that? was it west of Bilbao or east?
1: Um, east, I think. Hmm, yeah, well, we probably. But it's, it's south of Bilbao. It's inland.
0: Oh, so uh, it's, it's
1: maybe not on the coastal one. I think there's maybe two.
0: Yeah, things. we came, maybe it's the next stage out of Bilbao that we didn't do. We came from the east and it goes west, but it might go south and then west or something right. around the around the bay um, yeah. of the river. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: There's this little chapel where, uh, where it was like it was hexagonal, which is like Templar vibes. Something. Mm. It's quite cool. But then also um, within, well, it was built around. I think like a, a pre-Christian sacred site because there's these three massive boulders. That like just balance on each other, somehow wow. and you can see even if you look underneath them. You can see like gaps between them and stuff. It's it's mad. Wow. So the Christians arrived and they put a little statue of Saint Michael <laughs> in the middle and made it into a church. Uh, but that was quite cool. And yeah, very much learned the um, Basque uh,
0: gastronomy is a big part of the culture. Absolutely. Sure. San Sebastian, they say, has got more mission-star restaurants, or well, mission-stars per capita than anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is quite a claim. amazing. Some phenomenal food in that region. Didn't
1: go there, sadly. We? Well, next time. But next time. Um, yeah, had some really good food, though. I went to a place, um, there's a town on the coast called La Quetio, and there's a restaurant there called Igania, and uh, it's been like, it's like a really old restaurant in the same family for, I think, three generations. And the guy, uh, the chef now is called Jon. And he said that his mum, who is the chef before him, still goes in every day to watch him <laughs> and like, tell him what he's doing wrong and stuff. How many years has he been in charge for? I think, like, in the decades. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was amazing food. And we had, uh, obviously, a lot of seafood um, being of on course. the coast. Um uh, but one of the so what do we have we had like hake neck three ways, which was really nice, nice like seafood salad, just really nice, you know, shellfish and stuff yeah. like that. One of the weird things I ate, weirdest things I've ever eaten, probably certainly looking wise, was a I get the name of it. I think this might be the Spanish name rather than the Basque name. So um, forgive me. <laughs> Yeah, or well, even the Portuguese name is um, Persebes. Right. Probably saying it wrong. But um, basically means it's a gooseneck barnacle. Ooh. And so they grow, obviously, on rocks. And, I mean, if you Google it, they're very odd-looking things. They look like, they almost look like dogs, like the bottom of a dog's foot. <laughs> you know, where it's got, like, uh, the pads on the bottom. Yeah. Those are like that. But they grow like just like that on the end of like a little stick thing. <laughs> they grow out of the rocks like that, and um, you have to. And then the skin on the like, let's say, let's call it the shaft. That's <laughs> just not. It's not really It's really like leathery, and Ooh. you have to hold the dog's foot bit at the end and pull it apart.
0: Pull the shaft from the, the shaft. from the
1: foot. Yeah, and, and then, which bit are you eating? Well, within the shaft, right. there's a fleshy appendage. Okay, and that's what you eat. And it's like, um, you know, I mean, so they, they grow in places where um, it's just, there's loads of waves bashing into the right. rocks all the time. So it just tastes like salt water, as you can imagine. Like lots of, like, you know, like an oyster or whatever. Mm. But um, I describe, in my article I wrote, um, I mentioned them and I described, I said something like, um, it's, a, it's like a taste of the sea to rival the finest oyster. Now, I'd like to say this opportunity to retract that (laughs)
0: comment. Was that mere fluff to...
1: Well, not fluff, (laughs) but I think I just got a bit carried away with... Because it is very nice, but it's not as good as the finest oyster. Yeah. Um, And it's certainly not um, worthy of dying in harvesting them. No. Which happens every year,
0: believe it or not. (laughs) God. Because of the rough seas.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, So, in... um, there's a, there's a stretch of coast on, um, in Galicia, which is like next to Biscay, um, called the Costa de Morte, which oh. in Galician is, as you know, because you speak fluent <laughs> Galician, uh, the coast of death. Yes. And um, along, the, along the coast, there are you see lots of little white crosses and stuff on there. Partly there's shipwrecks and stuff, but also some of them are because of fishermen who have died harvesting these barnacles.
0: They don't sound particularly appetising. I'm looking at a photo of one now. It doesn't look particularly appetising. No,
1: it's better than it looks. It was enjoyable to eat, I would say that. Um, But, yeah, I mean, dying? I don't think so. I think I I read a... um, There's an article in Vice um, where someone went out and interviewed these barnacle hunters. And this guy said... um, said every year someone dies because there are very there is a very high risk and some people just push it too hard and fall into disgrace. <laughs> um, and some barnacle hunters don't even know how to swim. That seems seems like, like, it seems like you're in the wrong it's not, yeah. job
0: really. If you're gonna get a job doing that, m- maybe go down to a local pool a couple of days a week yeah. just to you know get the basic people skills.
1: Not in terms of <laughs> the basics of swimming. Um, but even this this I was in twenty fifteen and um, at that time even, Christmas time a kilo of them can cost three hundred and fifty euros.
0: Wow. That's Seems crazy quite a lot. Was it expensive do you was it expensive when you had it? Would
1: uh I think it probably would have been. Right.
0: I couldn't tell
1: it's but um, <laughs> yeah. Um certainly had the vibe of expensiveness to it. Mm. Uh yeah. But you know, very good. Always nice to try the uh local cuisine something else um well, that got me to thinking about other foods which are um you know people die in the pursuit of high risk high risk cuisine yeah, I mean we've talked about high re- cuisine that's high risk when you eat it but um I think i mean obviously historically you know humans it would have been high it was always high risk to try and get
0: your food well yes exactly
1: um but I think now, when we live in a world where you don't really need to be risking your life to get food, no. most of us anyway, lucky enough not to. So one of the um, one example is swift nests, which they harvest to oh. make bird's nest soup. Um, and they call it, in, in the Philippines, the word for it is boisadores, Um the people who harvest them. And they say it's the most dangerous job in Asia.
0: Oh, wow. And well, there's a lot of lacks health and safety standards in Asia yeah
1: well I think there's probably these guys aren't getting the you know protections they should be getting put it that way Um, but uh, yeah so they have to go in they have to what find these these caves where the swifts build their nests which are on the side of like cliffs get up into them um, often I think again against like wave beaten rough seas and stuff and grab the swift's nests
0: get out of there yeah is that for bird's nest soup typically yeah, bird's that, nest yeah soup. which i've heard is not fairly yeah. taste obviously it's terrible for sustainability wise but also it doesn't really taste of anything
1: yeah it's a classic case of like uh i think the difficulty in harvesting it and stuff is pure the whole reason why yeah it's expen is obviously expensive therefore a delicacy yeah but they make up they say it's like oh it's good for very rejuvenating because yeah, some good vague for kind of strength. Or potency. Always, probably it's male always about libido. male
0: strength and libido, yeah. isn't it? Everything that's like either disgusting um, or dangerous is to to create or eat is good for yeah, the libido. They have to come up with the, it's like with the dog meat thing. That's because men are gullible enough to believe that, whereas women are probably a lot more sensible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this um, Time
1: magazine article says. Edible birds' nests are coveted across the Chinese world for supposedly medicinal and rejuvenating powers. Mm. Sure. <laughs> Largely made up of the saliva of the swiftlet.
0: swiftlet. I don't want to eat anyone else's saliva, saliva let alone a, Even a little small bird. bird.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so they... At, as night falls, they get in these swarms, get into a little holes on the side of the cliff. And then a fella has to go up there. You got a mirror on a long stick, looking at where they are. And then, yeah, goes and gets them. Goes and gets them. Wooden ladders, bamboo ladders, and platforms.
0: Sounds mental. Yeah,
1: not a job for me, thanks. <laughs> um, nowadays, a lot of them are farmed but then um, contaminated with nitrate it just sounds like an absolute nightmare <laughs> but anyway uh, another one is um, the Guga Hunt in Scotland have you heard of that? no I haven't so every well normally every year um, a group of men from uh, the Isle of Lewis and mm. um, board a boat uh, to go to an island called Sula, Sula Skier, something like that. Don't know how to pronounce it. But um, they stay there for. Two, it's an uninhabited island, really, really dangerous. And there's a massive um, colony of gametes that live on the island. And they stay there for a fortnight in like these old like cell like stone like I guess monk cells or something. And they try, and they catch them, and then they. Um, Bring them back to Lewis and they have like a, um, some kind of you know, guga feast. They call them <laughs> gugas. Um, but uh, I think they haven't done it recently because of bird flu. Uh, but um, it's like hunting gannets is illegal, um, right, normally, okay. but they're allowed to do it on uh, cultural grounds, on, on cultural grounds, right? Um, but yeah. Weird, but I think, again, especially back in the day, loads of people have died doing that, which um, seems probably not worth it,
0: to be honest. No, I don't think anything is worth dying for, really, particularly not food when it's readily available. Yeah. In other ways, means.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> it takes all sorts, I suppose. The um, the other thing that the town of Locatio is famous for is a festival which is coming up soon actually as we record this it's in September it's called um, The Day of the Geese Mm. when um, they take a goose to the harbour and they hang it on I think presumably some kind of uh, of a bridge yeah suspended on a rope above the town harbour and the goose is greased (laughs) and then young men (laughs) have to jump and try and grab it and decapitate the goose.
0: Oh, I assume it's not alive at this point.
1: Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be, I think. Uh, and then um, animal rights groups got involved.
0: Classic. PC got mad. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Uh, and um, I think, yeah, the winner gets to keep the goose. Oh, that's and good. he to eat the goose. It's very nice. nice. Um, but uh, it's part of... I was not aware, but there is a a great tradition of this sport known as goose pulling. (laughs) But in most places now, um, so it was once practised in, it was a blood sport practised in parts of the Netherlands, Belgium, England and North America Hmm. in the 17th to 19th centuries. I discovered that, um, yeah, most places now they use an artificial goose. Yes. Prohibited. So I think they started off using a dead goose, which is what they use now in the Ketio. That was prohibited in 2019 in the Netherlands. You have to use an artificial goose now.
0: Health and safety gone mad.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, however, I did discover that in um, in New Mexico, as recently as 1995, um, in a, a place called Jemez Pueblo, uh, they were doing a thing called the rooster pool, or the gallo pool, where they'd get a rooster, a cockerel as we call <laughs> it, um, and bury a hole. In the ground, just put it in the hole and like, pack it with earth and, <laughs> and then ride past some horses and um, try and grab its head and obviously decapitate it. Horrible. <laughs> I, I mean, that is just, what's the word? Gratuitous violence.
0: Yeah, it's like a sort of Arthur trying to pull Excalibur out of the earth, but with a chicken. Yeah. It's insane. I know. Um, yeah,
1: it would have been a different story, wouldn't it? Of King Arthur.
0: Told <laughs> <laughs> of chicken out of the earth. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, the Spanish are known for... Amber Basque people are known for um, their festivals, to say the least. Oh, yeah. there's, there's probably more festivals in Spain than there are days in the year. Certainly. Any excuse. Any excuse for a fiesta. Yeah, definitely. Um, um
1: Probably the most famous is La Tomatina. Yeah, when it comes to food festival. When it comes to food, um, just chuck a load of tomatoes at each other.
0: Yeah, I was reading. It's, it's about twenty. Now they have. Well, the history of it is quite interesting because it's one of the fest, the few festivals in Spain that isn't actually connected to religious. Uh, yeah. Any sort of religious thing, um, and actually only dates from 1945, so it's mm. fairly recent in Spanish terms. Um,
1: Apparently Franco tried to ban it on those grounds.
0: Yes, exactly. Franco said it's not enough. religious enough because yeah. he was in bed with the Catholic Church, um, yeah. which is always something to remember as well, that he was, they were very much on his oh, side yeah. and he was not a good dude. Yeah. Um, the, um, but yeah, so it started when some young people were attending an event and it was sort of a big heads kind of uh, parade where people had made large wooden mm-hmm. or paper mache heads. They love that in Spain, don't they? Yes, large effigy. Large effigy. And one of the big heads fell off and uh, he, the person underneath it went mental and started lashing out at people and uh, f- a, a, a market stall full of vegetables fell victim to his fury as he was running around lashing out at people. And uh, tomatoes went flying. The crowd started... You know, your classic food fight scene from, yeah. from the film crowd started you know throwing tomatoes around willy-nilly until the the local police kind of broke things up but then people kind of took that forward and and formalized it kind of every year building it bigger and bigger um, you know from kind of a funny almost homage the following year when just some young people threw some tomatoes around to remember it it's now a huge event um, that they ticket to kind of prevent large numbers of people coming so it's only limited now to 20,000 people a year um, and they throw uh over a hundred tons of tomatoes at each other um wow. during the the events of the one hundred and forty five tons it was uh in twenty fifteen um the people just throw at each other for fun yeah. um
1: apparently um the it has a kind of uh civic benefit mm. in the form of um the citric acid in the tomatoes cleans all the surfaces of the buildings yes um there's also there's uh there's a, a list of 10 rules prescribed by the city council <laughs> <laughs> uh, for safe participation in tomato festival would you like to hear them yeah number one do not throw anything but tomatoes do not tear clothes Squash tomatoes before throwing them to avoid hurting others. I bet that rule goes out the window yeah, about 12.15. About <laughs> um, keep a safe distance from trucks. It's always good advice. Fair enough. Stop throwing tomatoes after the second starter pistol shot. Follow the directions of security staff. Pull the other one. <laughs> Only throw tomatoes at targets you can see to avoid hurting others. <laughs> Do not throw tomatoes directly at buildings. Have a great fun time.
0: Love it. Great yeah. stuff. It's all just good, clean fun. In, yeah, it uh, really is, isn't it? And it's in uh, Bunyol in uh, the Valencian yeah. region.
1: Yeah. Um, Another good, um, on a similar note, mm, is the Harrow Wine Festival. Yes. Uh, it was in the Rioja region. Uh, and, yeah, similarly, just hoss a load of wine at each other. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. It's got a. So this one does have a, a religious focus. Yeah. I think it's related to. St. Peter Maybe? <laughs> yeah, St. <laughs> yeah, Peter's right. Day. It's on St. Peter's Day, which is june the twenty ninth, every year. Yeah. In the Riocan town of Harrow.
1: Yeah. The day goes like goes thusly. Mm. Seven AM Townsfolk dressed in white carry wine to the cliffs of Bilibio. Um either on foot or in trailers or vehicles. Eight thirty or nine AM um, the city mayor leads a procession on horseback to the chapel of San Felicis de, de Bilibio. Um followed by a procession of people carrying jugs, bottles and other containers filled with red wine. The mayor then places a banner at the top of the rocks, a mass is celebrated, a rocket is fired, officially starting the wine battle. <laughs> um and then by ten thirty AM the wine is run out. Some twenty thousand litres of wine. Oh my god. Um and then people just go home and have lunch.
0: Yeah. I mean, people use all sorts, obviously you've got your standard wine glass, but people are throwing bottles not in glass, but tipping bottles over each other, chucking buckets full of wine, jugs. The best one is people would bring their water pistols full of wine, which I really appreciate, bringing a yeah. super soaker yeah, I, I of respect. wine um, to a wine fight is a strong move.
1: Yeah. Um, supposedly, like, I mean, in a kind of... Uh, on the, on the, along the lines of what we were talking about in the uh, nationalism episode... It started as a territorial dispute, mm. apparently, um, between Harrow and the neighbouring village Miranda de Ebro. De Ebro. Um, in 1237, a judge ordered that re- all residents of Harrow should mark their territories with purple banners on St. Peter's Day. Um, in doing so, they made the procession, which they still do today, to the cliffs. Um they don't really know how from there it evolved into <laughs> wine hurling. <laughs> Presumably they're using wine to dye their banners.
0: Yeah. And then they started chucking it. At- or maybe someone didn't have enough purple clothes. So yeah. put wine on his white clothes or yeah. something. And then it just descended into madness. Yeah. Um. One of the more messy food festivals. And obviously, I mean, getting chucked with wine or tomatoes is going to be pretty difficult to clean up. But this one sounds... Horrendous, which is um, in the town of uh, Els. Uh, again, I'll butcher this pronunciation. Amforanats. Um, that sounds about right. In, no, sorry, that's the festival of Els and um which is in the town of Ebi in Alicante. Um, is part of their celebration of the Day of the Innocents. So again, it's it's religion. So Franco would be happy with this one. Um, yeah. And it comes, so that's the main thing. The word comes from the Valencian word for for breading um, and sort of translates to the the breaded ones or the flowered ones. Hmm. And how it works is um, so at the start of the day, four, 14, sorry, married men from the town will be, uh, will come to the town hall and will be made unofficial kind of mayor and mayor's deputies for the day. Um, And they have to then make. A series of nonsense kind of rules um, that people have to, you know, obey basically for the day. Um, and anyone who's found to have broken one of these nonsense rules is um, fined and uh, covered in flour and eggs. Wow! Um, and it then just descends into madness, basically, with the the kind of the two teams of the people on the side of the the fourteen married men and the other the rule breaking side who are kind of um, rising up against them. So the whole town for an hour uh, basically ends up chucking flour, water and eggs at each other Mm -hmm. um, and across the entire town, um, breading everyone, basically. The money that is raised from the fines goes to the charity, so that's good. But having looked at some of the photos of all this kind of wet flour, literally covering people, towns, the town, the fountains, the buildings... I'm sure a lot of the money that's raised goes on the cleanup because it just looks mm. extremely sticky it's not and like disgusting. Any
1: tomatoes, you don't get no cleaning it's, benefit.
0: It's not. It's not easy. It's not flour as easy to eggs. clean <laughs> floury hands or a floury town square as right. it is uh, to just wash off some tomatoes. When you look at the photos of it as well, it just looks like something out of like a world war. It's just. Uh,
1: it's very horrendous. medieval, isn't it? Like mm. sinners having to be uh, covered in flour and eggs. Yeah. Shame. <laughs>
0: exactly. Outside of the world of food, obviously Spain is, has got other festivals. Oh, we yeah. of course we nearly went to last Fire Ash Festival in Valencia. Foiled by COVID. Foiled by COVID, March twenty twenty. Um that's another one where's fairly loose lax lacks, lacks health and safety oh, yeah. standards. Involves a lot of um, a fire festivals. Fire it? and burning and people chucking fireworks around in the street willy nilly. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um
0: so it would have been good to go, but unfortunately great, yeah. COVID scuppered us. Um another couple of funny ones is um there's uh well to celebrate two aspects of life uh, there's firstly the baby jumping festival yeah i heard about that um this one. which is where the mothers place their babies that have been born in the last 12 months uh on the ground and then local married men again um <laughs> <laughs> jump over the babies um and it absolves the child of, or- or- of original sin. Um, which it's just is, so easy to for it to go wrong. It's very evil, Knievel, I think, like jumping over a bus of babies or something. But yeah. obviously he's not doing it on a motorbike, he's just doing it on his legs. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't trust it. But it's mental, yeah. And then at the other end of uh, the life spectrum, there's the Festival of the Nearly Dead, um, which is where people who've had a near-death experience in the last year, like, for example, if they've been in a car crash and survived or, you know, fallen from a height, or, you know, any sort of injury where they nearly died but haven't, Um, they're then paraded through the streets in a coffin, an open-top coffin, by their friends and family in a celebration of the fact that they're still alive. I like that. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a final one of just uh, absolutely hilarious ones is in the town of uh, Toralba, where um, they previously had a, a similar kind of running of the bulls-style festival um, to the famous one in Pamplona. But in uh, at some period in time, they forgot to renew their license um, to, to do the bull running. <laughs> right. So since then, or on that day, instead of doing the bull running, they decided to... Um, uh, run away from the 8am bus that was departing from the <laughs> bus station <laughs> so all the time. and have kept up that tradition to this day so on the day in question the townsfolk pop down to the local bus station and run yeah. away from the 8am bus as it's pulling out of town Nice, um, which is a lot more humane than yeah, it, uh, it the running of the pools it is. Um, It's quite funny
1: On a less humane note uh, back in the Valencian region mm. there's a... Um, well, in the words of the Mirror, sickening and cruel tradition. Uh, <laughs> um, the Spanish town of El Puig celebrates uh, the San Pedro Nolasco Fiesta each January. Uh, features plenty of food, music and dancing, but that's where the festivities take a dark turn oh. <laughs> as revelers pick up dead rats and hurl them at each other. <laughs> um, one festival go told the Wall Street Journal in El Puig they say you aren't a man until you pick up a rat during San Pedro and Alasco's <laughs> Fiesta and heave it with all your might. <laughs> oh my God. The rats are reportedly humanely killed and frozen before they're chucked around during the celebration. How many rats do they get old, through? Um, not sure. Can't seem to find that but if the um you know the wine fest tomato fest is <laughs> anything to go by I'm probably talking Thousands of tonnes of dead of tons rats,
0: of rats. Uh, no, it must be a, a real cleanup job as well. That's a similar one to yeah, the flower and horrible X one is
1: no matter how good you are, you're going to miss some dead rats, and then they're going to be rotting in the street. Yeah, and...
0: exactly. That sounds absolutely disgusting.
1: There are rules, though. If you um, if you're hit by a dead rat, you must pick it up and throw it back at your attacker.
0: Okay, that's uh, fair enough. But what if uh, so? At the end of the day, though, is everyone just holding a rat that they and take home with them is that the disposal is that how they're disposed of or they just leave them drop them on the floor
1: I imagine they're dropped on the floor
0: yeah
1: it says it started when um, it dates back centuries and cucanas which are similar to piñatas filled with nuts and fruits were hung around the town as part of celebrations which attracted rats which then nibbled on the food Um, and then, you know, the rats were killed. Um, and one year, people decided to pick them up and throw them at each other. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, it was officially banned in 2012, but the locals are not prepared to give up their age-old tradition. No. And they refuse to stop the battles.
0: <laughs> good, good for them.
1: Yeah. Um, bit of a weird one. Something, um, something else, a tradition which I didn't directly experience but heard tell of in Basque Country, um, is a... They have a thing called a choco, mm. which is a um, traditional closed gastronomical society, like a dining society, where men, strictly only men, come together to cook, experiment with new ways of cooking, and socialise. Over a thousand of them supposedly exist, um, and uh, they became they made they date back to the 19th century, but they may they became particularly pop- popular during our old friend Franco
0: um,
1: during his reign because um, so one of the rules apart from the fact no girls allowed yeah. another one of the rules is um, they're not allowed to discuss politics ah. at the table and uh, that obviously sat well with Franco yeah. didn't want people discussing
0: especially Basque people who he suppressed
1: well yeah exactly um, so they became one of the few places where the state allowed Basque language to be spoken and Basque mm. songs to be sung
0: um so there you go interesting yeah a few um traditions from the uh catalonian region which yeah. are quite interesting mostly to do with uh christmas um these guys have got quite a fascinating tradition based around poo yeah. <laughs> <of> the show. <laughs> they have two distinct poo traditions at christmas so one is um to do in the nativity. It's um uh, Caganier, um and it's part of their nativity. So obviously I'm sure most people are familiar with the traditional nativity scene, you've got Jesus in a major manger Mary man. Joseph, Three Wise Men, Donkey, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. So and and also I'm sure anyone who's been to kind of you know, the places like Spain or France during kind of Christmas season, they they're big into their Nativity oh. scenes. Um, Apparently, every office in Spain yeah. has a nativity
1: scene within, and yeah. loads of shop windows do and stuff. Yeah, exactly. it's still when we saw it in he- and Italy
0: selling. as well. They're, they're, he- they're massively into it. Um, well, in Catalonia, uh, a nativity scene is not complete unless it has a cagania which translates as the pooper. Oh, <laughs> really? and This is a little figurine depicted as a peasant wearing a traditional Catalan red cap. And he's got his trousers down, showing his bare backside and defecating. And sometimes they even have a little poo figurine underneath uh, him. (laughs) But it's super clear what is going on. Um, (laughs) For
1: the avoidance of doubt. For the
0: avoidance of doubt, exactly. Uh, No one really knows why. Um, It's been around since at least the 1700s um, as a tradition around the nativity in Catalonia, Catalonia people seem to think that it's to do with fertility so the feces fertilizes the earth um, so that's what the kind of the best guess is but some people also think it's a it's a way of kind of um, giving two fingers up to you know the f- figures of the time particularly in modern uh, times people have done kind of celebrity images on the Kagan, yeah, um authority figure so there were loads of Trump ones in you know when he was in charge in the states and yeah. stuff so a bit of a kind of piss-take figure others uh, say that it's a way of kind of symbolizing um, in the way that kind of gargoyles do the grotesque and how that is uh, the opposite of the divinity of Christ and all that sort of stuff so, so, is so, it,
1: so the the <laughs> poo the pooper <laughs> yeah the pooper is he <laughs> How's he positioned? Is he, like, bearing his ass Let towards me, this the baby Jesus? This is,
0: it can't, well, they can do, no, so I think, in in what I saw, he, well, quite often they're hidden, and part of it's sort of a Where's Wally style element of, spot the pooper. Spot the pooper. style pooper. Exactly, so yeah. the, the kids will find hours of entertainment searching for the pooper. Um, so, but I, I imagine, in what I saw, he's quite often, he's looking at Jesus whilst pooping so the poo wow. the arse is a, away a direct eye contact the face is towards <laughs> but yeah depending, You know, it might. Be, wow. that's only the ones I saw this it's, is this is an example of what they uh, look like obviously not great for the listeners yeah, at home yeah. but it's just a, a, little, a little man a little gnome style man having a having a Shit. Christmas dump <laughs> Are you playing a Yule log <laughs> a Yule log exactly funny you should say Yule log because uh, the other tradition is the uh, Tio de Nadal also from our friends in Catalonia Um, So they have a Christmas log. um, It was a a tree log um, for the avoidance of doubt. But what they do is they bring this log home. um, uh, And from the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is December the 8th, they give the log, who's called a Tio, they give the Tio a bite to eat every night. So they're feeding him... Uh, little snacks in the same way that we might feed the reindeer in yeah, kind of yeah. British culture, yeah. um, and then they take good care of the the log, basically keeping him warm. So they wrap him up in blankets, giving the f- the f- the food um, in the hope that he will defecate presents on Christmas Day. <laughs> and so on uh, on Christmas Day itself, they put the to um, you know usually in the fireplace, kind of traditionally. Obviously, now not many homes have fireplaces, so it might be kind of around the you know, another area of the house, but a central location and they order it to defecate. Um, and they <laughs> sing this song, which I'm not going to sing in Catalan. I'm going to, uh, I'll read in English. Um, but it goes, uh, shit Tio, hazelnuts and nougars. Do not shit herrings. They are too salty. Shit nougars. They taste better. Mm. Shit Tio, almonds and nougars. And if you don't want to shit, I will hit you with a stick. Shit Tio. Wow. <laughs> At which <Right>. point, <laughs> so the kids, <laughs> they fed him for you know just under 20 days they're singing this nice song for him uh, they they fed him they've kept him warm they then go off um, after giving him his orders to um, usually, traditionally it would be good to go and pray um, in the kitchen or something for before the meal but they wouldn't now they just go and whatever get out of the room basically yeah. at which point the parents then put um, different candies under where the, the Tio has been um, and that's essentially what he's been ordered to shit wow. so he, he delivers these sweets these new guys etc for the kids um, and yeah that's how kids get their chocolate on Christmas day the Do- bigger presents are kind of they come by the three wise men but the smaller kind of sweet treats are shitted, out. Are shitted out by a log <laughs> wow well.
1: one other thing I came across in um, the Basque country which I have heard of before I'm not sure if I've tried it or not but um, is a, I suppose you'd call it a, a cocktail, mm. a drink at least, uh, called a Calimacho, which is quite simply half red wine and half Coca-Cola.
0: Which sounds mental to the English palate, but yeah. I actually think probably, probably quite nice. Well, should we try it? Let's give it
1: a we go. Got one here. Very good. Actually, very really good. good. That's great. Really good. Um, wow. It was so. I went to the, this little town called Alhorta uh, near Bilbao, where supposedly it was invented when um, there was a festival and they were worried they were going to run out of wine, mm. and so they um, they whacked some Coca-Cola in it and you know made it last a bit longer.
0: Yeah. That's what I also I like about the Spanish is they're not afraid to no. bung some shit in some wine and actually invent something new. Well, it's a marked a difference from the from the Italians or indeed the French
1: or the French. Really? I was thinking when um, you're talking about the pooper and yeah. pooping next to the infant <laughs> Jesus and stuff, it just wouldn't get it in Italy. Yeah. I, I went to, on that church I was talking about where they had the the rocks and the well, there was one of loads of places where. They, were, they like, brought together, like, pagan and Christian things. Mm-hmm. Like, pre-Christian stuff still quite uh, strong in, in Basque Country and the mythology and stuff. It also, in that church on the wall, was a statue um, of N- Mary Magdalene, pregnant, with oh. Jesus' as child oh wow and it was in a Catholic church obviously that's very much apocryphal that's
0: Da Vinci Code shit yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I think you would not get that in Italy for example or France probably no Long wrong way from Rome I guess
0: yeah but they were big into uh, obviously the Inquisition yeah they were very anti-heretical maybe they feel a bit uh, bad things. about it maybe this didn't get there in I think the that's, country.
1: I think that was it's more the Basque thing rather than the Spanish thing yeah right? Um, yeah. They're a bit, um, what would you say, it's, like it's idiosyncratic? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, in another church, actually, obviously the churches figure quite prominently still over there. Went to another one, um, and this guy showed us around. He was like saying stuff in Basque, and then my guide was translating. He was going these impassioned speeches about where you know I didn't know what he was saying, and he would pause to wait for the guy to translate. And every time he finished, he would kind of like puff out of his cheeks <laughs> to say, "Like, how am I going to explain that?" In English? And he basically every single time he was saying, "Like, um, uh, we Basques, you know, we have our own language, we have our own way of seeing the world. Ooh. We go everywhere, we see it through a different lens, and it's like you basically described every ethnic
0: group in the world who has their own language." And <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but, I mean, the, ba- the Basque country is a magical place. Oh, it yeah, is, for sure. And um, they're super into, you know, being Basque over there. Mm. We saw a lot of um, Spanish flags with huge crosses in it, yeah. in uh, even in San Sebastian, like, and, and lots of graffiti that was anti-Spanish. Yeah. My favourite was a poster. Um, so this little poster had kind of famous... Faces of, of Spanish history The current king um, Politicians Obviously Franco And then they had Sergio Ramos The uh, football team captain. The, matador, <laughs> the until The so Until He was the football team Captain until 2021 And every single one Had like Devil horns And like big crosses On their face And it was so funny That they were like Equating Ramos's captaincy of the football team with Franco's dictatorship in their eyes, they were just as bad, yeah, just yeah, as worthy yeah. of being on this poster yeah. as like fuck Spain, we hate the Spanish. They're yeah. all just as bad as each other, and that's yeah, yeah, that's what they that's what they genuinely think in some of these little villages. And they're they very very proudly bad. They
1: are very nationalistic, yeah, for sure. It is an amazing place, absolutely amazing place, um, and only only such a unique place could produce the Calimocho.
0: Yes, indeed. Or you know the
1: barnacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have something else you want to say about the pooper?
0: Did you say? No, uh, oh yeah, but we, could probably, add it, we could probably add that back on. Yeah, we can. Add it was only on. just about his name. Yeah. Um, the the to log has caused some controversy in the um, Catalan uh, purists. Um, are getting annoyed that people are calling it cagatio which basically means shitting tear or poo log <laughs> and, and they're saying that uh, this phrase does not make sense in the Catalan language it's grammatically incorrect in Catalan right. and therefore it should be uh, the name should not be used as it's it's, right. uh, it's ruining the ancient tradition of the shitting log even though it's basically just a short form of the uh, the fact that he does yeah. shit yeah well,
1: yeah. That's us not lose sight
0: of the main issue, here, which is there's a shitting log. There's a shitting log that you can't refer to as um, a shitting A shitting, log. shitting man. Grammatically incorrect. In the Nativity. <laughs> in the Catalan language.
1: Is the, do we know much about the backstory of the, the guy who is shitting in the Nativity scene?
0: Yes. Is he... Who is this guy? He's a peasant. Just some go, random peasant. peasant guy. So, um, yeah, he's just a peasant. A simple Catalonian man. Um, just a cheeky guy. Yeah. No one really there's a lot of mystique about it and no one really knows where it comes from, but he's Great. essentially just a a pulling local guy. It's also, you know, asked the question, why was there a man from the east coast of Spain in uh Bethlehem yeah. <laughs> in yeah, zero does. AD. It uh, really does. He must have been a very confused man, but I know mean, he's wearing seventeenth century Catalan dress. I guess he was lost,
1: confused, and decided to just shit.
0: Got on, a, got on a, he was just enjoying a nice poo behind a stable. Probably thought it was a nice, quiet area. And then, oh, he's, eh, he's no. a man and a woman rock up with a donkey. Oh, okay, did, did all about our being born. Fine, I can keep it. Keep you know, as long as they keep quiet. He keeps carrying on. And then you've got host of angels, wise men. It's all going off. The North Star. That must have been a very, very concerning poo for him. Yeah. Well, we've all had them.
1: <laughs> um, on the obviously, I mainly talk about Basque country. When I went to Andalusia in um, the end of last year, early this year, um, had a one of the local delicacies that we had in Seville is a thing called uh, the yemas of San Leandro. San Leandro being a convent, um, and. Ever since the 16th century, the nuns who lived there, so it's a cloistered community. So they're not even allowed, you're not even allowed to set eyes on them. So they don't have many ways of making money. One of the ways they had to make money is they make sweets. It's quite a common thing in Spain. They call them dulces. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, dulce do something like sacred sweets, and um, they just make them from egg yolks and sugar. Uh, but because it's a cloistered order, you have to go up to this... Um, it's like a revolving door, ring a bell, and then a little voice from behind it says, like, Hola! <laughs> and then you have to make your order. <clears throat> uh, annoyingly, I mean, you know, these guys know what's side so their bread's buttered, and they've got a captive audience. So if you want to try it, you can't just order one. You have to order a seven-euro box of them, a massive <laughs> box. Um, and um so you order your one box put your money down and then it spins around spins around again and they, you've got your box and it's just it's like these little balls of sugar mm. containing yet more sugar <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly horrible I thought yeah. it was in a book including the book um, by renowned New York Times food critic Mimi Sheraton called 1000 Foods to Eat Before You Die A Food Lover's Life List and um, they have been praised for their delicate flavour, apparently.
0: Are you calling Mimi Sheraton? out? I'm calling out? bullshit on that. Is, is this a... I would say inter- it's, it's, a, it's about... It's travel
1: journalist <laughs> war. Yeah, beef. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Um, it's about as delicate as um, being hit by a bus, I would say. <laughs> <A> sugary bus. <laughs> a really sugary bus. Um, yeah, I think they don't belong on that list. No. They belong on some kind of list of like foods that you know That's diabetics should not eat. <laughs> um, yeah, not good. Um, rip off. You know yeah. they're unaccountable these nuns because well you can't yeah. even see them let alone. <laughs> logic and
0: point. Um, also you don't want to be att- you know, attacking nuns like yeah it's about for you. Can't call well, out suddenly nuns. you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Yeah, but actually they're creating a substandard product and yeah. ripping you off. In your eyes. Yeah. Um, not Mimi um, Sheraton's, I hasten to add. No, well, she loved it. Yeah. Probably... Do you think she tried it? Do you think she tried all thousand and one? Do oh, I don't know. Tricks, tricks of the trade of the journal industry. Do you think maybe she just saw it on someone else's list and well, I mean, put it in there? I, I've not been above, especially earlier
1: in my career, writing a listicle. Mm, exactly. But I, I'm imagining that... Um, one thousand foods to eat before you die: A Food Lover's Life List by a renowned New York Times food <laughs> critic. I mean, it's, it is a kind of a listicle, yeah. but it's like a book. Um, you would think she's eaten them all, and I was a lot of one like, thousand
0: foods. one. That's
1: a serious amount of food, like traveling. One thousand uh, is one thousand. Don't give yeah. too much credit. <laughs> okay, one thousand one. So, oh, sorry, I thought
0: it was a thousand one. And of, uh, of, I've misquoted you. A yeah. thousand uh, like that's. She's got to do. She got to eat that stuff, basically, every single day for three years. Yeah. As part of her research, or do three a day for one year. Yeah. And, and to get to all these places, I just don't, it doesn't seem logically. I mean, I'm guessing possible.
1: if she she's she's a renowned food critic, probably incredibly old.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a food a, life, so a it lifetime? So might, might be magnum opus, as it were. Yeah.
1: Um, she well, interestingly, um, since you ask, mm. she says. She started with about 1,800 entries, and she had to weed them down. Oh. All the while, other foods and dishes continued presenting themselves. Um, She hasn't talked about, you know, how she sat there eating them all. Took her 10 years, though, so she couldn't. Okay, fair enough. Uh, A wonderful display of her vast food knowledge. I'm just trying to get a, um, a, a few examples of stuff she's included. 1,000 Foods highlights everything from Chinese hei zhan jing, known, jang, known as the US's hoisin sauce, to the oysters of Loch Maria Care, France, um, crepes at a Manhattan patisserie, um, and the unusual meats of a Nairobi restaurant, camel hump, ox heart, ostrich meatballs, Belgian chocolate, not that original,
0: and <laughs> um,
1: she uh, interestingly includes bangers and mash. Well,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, I'd they're up there for me.
1: A thousand. You've got a lot to play with with a thousand.
0: Yeah, um, I'd put bangers and mash in top one hundred probably for me. They're great.
1: Yeah, she's yeah probably in my top one hundred as well. Here's to, here's some others. So this is I think starting on the uh, the British ones, British entries because yeah. she's done it globally. We should see the Spanish as well, given the theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. But first things first, your afternoon tea, bang yeah. of the mash. Yeah. She is included simply Billingsgate Fish Market. Well, that's not a dish, is it? No. Biscuits. That, that's, yeah, I mean, English which biscuits. ones? That's... Uh, black pudding. Borough Market. <laughs> English cheddar. Yeah. As we call it, cheddar. <laughs> um, clotted cream, codfish yeah. cakes, Cornish pasty, Dover sole, Eccles Cake, Fish and Chips, Gentleman's Relish, Mm. Uh, Jelly Deals,
0: Mushy Peas. She's she's obviously not tried Jelly Deals. No. An American who's tried Jelly Deals wouldn't put them in a book of the thousand best foods to try before you die. I think these are all included. Because?
1: But I might be... It might be an unreliable list. But... um, I mean, she's got birds in a soup in there. Uh, wait. A frozen Milky Way is, on, is in there.
0: Uh, no, that sounds weird. Plus, I... in America, Milky Way is different. Oh, is it? What's,
1: what's Milky Way in America?
0: Uh, I don't know, but it's different. It's maybe got caramel in it. It's more like a Mars.
1: Hmm. I actually think a Milky Way UK version is an underrated mm. confectionery
0: and does she mean the ice cream bar or does she mean you've got one and you put it in the freezer because obviously um, like, they do the ice like the Mars ice cream Snickers ice cream don't know. don't know. Um, I'm just just um,
1: <laughs> so just reading I'm just reading through some of the uh, negative reviews of um, hmm. 1000 foods to try before you die this is from Angela Hessen I don't need to pay money to be told to eat an avocado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Diana says, Foie gras. I was expecting something classy and cultured. Instead, I got backwards and barbaric. What a disappointment. we got, we got animal rights. Got animal rights, that's best, yeah. Um, to be fair, though, there aren't many one-star reviews. It's,
0: good, it's, good. it's been well-received by Mimi. Most people probably haven't tried the sugary thing you tried.
1: Yeah. I mean, Americans, you know. <laughs> uh, someone said it's sort of like a book on ethnic clichés, except it's to do with food. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's kind of the point. Kind of, it. of the
0: point, I guess. Anyway. Uh, yeah, we are off topic, but, you know, that's okay. Mimi Sheraton, I've just realised, having Googled her, uh, she died this year. Oh, R.O.P. That a. means a. P. she can't sue us now. She can't sue us now, which is great. Um, you've won the beef war. Um, she died on sixth of April, age ninety seven. That's wow. great innings.
1: If that's not an advertisement for um latini, then I don't Well, R.I.P. Mimi. And um unless you got anything else you want to add. No. I'll probably wrap up there. Yeah. Um But uh thank you very much for listening, as always. And um Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias. I got a joke for you. Yeah, Spanish joke. You might know it already. Okay. Um, we'll cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, please, uh, yeah, like and follow. Give us a review. Tell your friends, tell, tell your, your friend family, and, family, and uh, we'll see you next time. Adiós.